All right, cool. All right. And it is. All right. Welcome to Out of Home Insider, the loudest voice in Out of Home. Today's guest is a complete first. He comes highly requested, not just by listeners and supporters of the show, but by actual guests of the show. They said, Tim, you got to have Linwood Bibbins on. Uh, So he's been gracious enough to come hang out today. If you're not familiar with Mr. Bibbins, he's the CEO of Reach TV, which isn't changing the game in the way we consume media, rather changing the rules of how we're shown media that presents an entirely new opportunity in the way brands interact with the people they want to connect with. And frankly, I want Reach TV in my house and probably by the end of this episode, you're going to feel the same way. Woody, welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be on. Uh, been a big fan of it and uh, been able to watch it, watch multiple. So well, I'm excited. Well, thank you. And, and you know, as I mentioned, you have been requested by not just multiple supporters of the show, multiple guests of the show, uh, which is is totally a first. So I'm excited to dive in. Tell us, tell us about, we were catching up a little bit before we started uh, the recording here, but give us your origin story because it's pretty interesting you were a dot-com guy before dot-com was even dot-com yeah i mean i think i came from a world of um um hardware and consumer electronics and then that world the way we sold that was i started off in a company right out of college uh, where we sold it via mail order and and trade shows and then we sold that company and i learned more the b2b side of the business wholesale into other companies. Um, and while I was there, I started looking at what's this thing called the internet, you know, like, and, and I wanted to go back to directly to the consumer. Um, and uh, you know, we did B2C there within three years, we, in 18 months, we, we merged with our biggest supplier and then we sold that combined company in 99. Um, it was a conglomerate of all internet roll-up companies. And then back in 2000, uh, again, where I relaunched um, a B2B company, uh, all wholesale, uh, reverse logistics, EDI, which most people didn't understand what EDI was. So we were one of the biggest vendors for Walmart, uh, Staples, um, uh, uh, BJ's, Office Depot, CDW, because we invested in the logistics in the back end. So I was able to do uh, special deals. I learned a lot about how other people's companies work and what's important to them. Um, and then in that side, one of the companies we work with from an end user standpoint was a company called Woot.com. And what I learned from Woot was, um, and I got to get, get to know Amazon really well because they were an investor as well. Um, what I got to learn about them was three words, content drives commerce. Mm. And, and that and, is and what, never like, left me. Circa what year was this? 2004. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. that's like, I mean, the, the dawning days of the internet. Yeah. Like you were just starting to get to scale, like, super right. scale. you know, you're talking a couple hundred million dollars in scale. And, then, um, CDW was one of my biggest clients. They were about $7 billion dollars. So, you know, I sort of looking around and watching how these guys all operated um, and our small part in that, right? Um, and then um, I, I, we ran New England Technology. I founded it, started in 2000. We scaled it up to 250 million a year run rate. We were doing really well. 
we still are. Uh, I, I left, um, I was just tired of seeing computers. I had started, you know, <laughs> like, it's like, dude, I've been in computers for 20 years. It's enough. Um, and the funnier story about that is I had learned, I wanted to pursue what other things could do those three words, content driving commerce. So I invested in, um, concert companies, some things worked, some things didn't, um, even created my own studio to, uh, produce, short form content for people that I knew had excess impressions mm. on their digital platforms, but they didn't have the ability to produce content for that number that made sense. Interesting. So that partnership was with like CBS Interactive. I created a show called Three Minute Update. It was really two and a half minutes with a 30 second ad embedded. Love it. And we produced um, six shows on a daily basis. We then would syndicate those up on our tech platform so that if, CB, if it was CBS News, it would pull that show. If it was sports, it would pull our sports show. If it was business, well, a business show. And then we had 100 million impressions guaranteed a month, and we had our ad built in, right? So wow. just a really creative way. Um, and I learned a lot about news and how important it is. And I also learned a lot about what people do when they travel, right? When you're out of your home, the things you want to know is you want to be informed, 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 informed and then entertained. So how do you combine those two things? So I kind of, that was been on my plate. That was only my mind of what we're doing. And then um, when it came down to this, I started about four years ago. I also invested in, uh, let's see what else I did, did to get to before I got to this. I did financing of film and television. Yep. So I learned a lot about content. I really wanted to understand it. And um, I spent time with uh, some of the biggest companies in the world, from Universal to uh, Lionsgate to um, Fremantle and the mall. I mean, I worked with every one of them. I worked with the biggest banks, from SunTrust Bank to J.P. Morgan's, Wells Fargo's, on their uh, film and television investment side. Structured uh, probably over a billion dollars in debt deals for film and television. And one of the things I learned was the rights windows between those things on the content side. Um, and, uh, you know, one funny story is back in 2000, God, five and six, there was a company that was blue and yellow with these gaudy colors and they sold, um, you know, CDs and DVDs for gaming. It was called Netflix. Right. And there's a guy, <laughs> Jose and Ted and those guys, Ted was like the first employee in LA. I used to sell to them, fly out to LA once a month. And then I go up to San Francisco and I would buy excess DVDs. My movies went to Walmart. My games went to Netflix. Wow. So I knew them a long time ago when they were a DVD company. Right, when the internet came in the mail. Yeah, and then fast forward to I was investing in digital signage companies, and I kept seeing that my – I'm a research guy. And what I was seeing was that 72% of our time is spent not at home. Right. Right? So when I look at that, I'm going, wait a minute. If that's the case, how do we – capture that person. And what I saw was when I was talking to my scientist guys, I would go, yo, you got to get more content. They're sitting there for 15 minutes. They can't just see a loop of ads. You got to help them out. And most of them didn't understand what I said by content. They would just run the loop more. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I mean, like really get, get content. And, they, and it was like um, I, a couple of CEOs, I'm on the board of their companies. They were like, leave me alone. Finally, one of my buddies called me and said, dude, why don't you just do it? And that's how we started Reach. And wow. um, 
before I, before, when I founded it, I wrote the business plan, came up with it. But one of the things I focused on right from the beginning was how was I going to get enough content to properly entertain the audience we were going after? And, and, and who is that audience for, for- uh, tastemakers? We wanted okay. to go after the tastemakers of the world, the most influential people, whether they have five people or 500, these are the people that drive what people do next. So not being and everything to everyone, you, you, I have a very specific focus. This I wanted to hire in most sought after audience of tastemakers, um, broken down by three different people, like the hustler, that business mm-hmm. traveler, who's a foodie who, you know, you really, they need to know information quick. They need tidbits. They need things because they use them. Um, every closing of every deal, they're the ones that need to know the best steakhouse in every city. So that person, and then I wanted the global citizen who immerses themselves in every culture they go into. Mm. So they need to know the museums. They want to know the great things, why this was built, what it means. That's that that person that's always traveling, that frequent traveler. I wanted them to own that person. And then you have the millennials or the explorers, I call them, where they go on a business trip, but then they extend it for the weekend so they can go hang out in the city, right? Right, and, right, right. And, but that audience is very particular because what they'll do is see something. They, they notice advertising more than anybody, but what they do is go to their phone and check. And if your mobile experience sucks, you just lost them. <laughs> Listen, re, 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 rewind that last part. There's so much money that gets spent at the top of a funnel, and then we never consider what happens after they see this. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that is? Um, I think uh, the people selling it are, are, aren't asking their clients mm. what's the next part, yeah. right? It, yeah. It's almost like I came from a hardware world. And I came from selling directly to end users. So I was always taught to ask, what are you trying to do with this? Right. And then when you understand what, somebody's, what they're trying to do with it, then you know what solution to give them. When I look at somebody saying, I want to advertise on your network, I'll go, what is your goal? Yeah. You know, and then, well, wait a minute. I just looked at your website. It doesn't make sense, right? And I just, what is, where is your shoppable so I can ship it to my house? What's your partnership so that I can make sure it's delivered? Or you have an Amazon. Can I do it with Prime? Yeah. Like, especially if you're going after a younger audience, they will shop. Uh, I'll give you a perfect example. They will shop in the airport and they will ship it to their house. So if you don't have that capability, you just lost them. That's yeah. That's you know, it's it's interesting because something I've started doing traveling is if I forget something or if I don't want to carry something on, I'll have it sent to where I'm staying, to the Airbnb, to the hotel. Exactly. So it's there when I get there. I don't have to worry about putting it in my bag, forgetting it, this and that. Uh, yeah, that 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 connecting the dots. That's where you know when we have conversations about attribution, we need to consider what's in between me seeing your ad and then me ultimately deciding to do business with you. So yeah, I mean. And going back to when we launched, we spent nine months before we even launched launched in any location, building our platform mm-hmm. and going to every studio and securing our rights window. Very much, I took the playbook from Netflix. Netflix had, um, they came out and they were starting to license content and they realized they couldn't afford to be in a TV window. Yep. They didn't want to be in a digital window. So they created their own window called the SVOD, AVOD window. I looked at the digital window. I'm not going to beat YouTube, Facebook, whatever. I'm not going to beat Netflix on the S5. And I'm not going to beat the traditional television. I wanted to sit at the table with them. 
Mm. So I created my own window to the right of that called closed circuit rights. Okay. And we went with DLA Piper, went to every studio, got them to sign off, licensed content that I had nowhere to put it yet, but just to exercise that window of content rights. And what does and that, that the, the, the window of content rights? That means like I take a, you take a show like This Is Us for, I'm using fictitious, but let's sure. say the show This Is Us. There's windows in which you could license that. So somebody may license that internationally. Okay. Somebody else, let's just say NBC wanted to sell the, if they didn't have Peacock and they wanted to sell those rights to Netflix for the second window, they could, right? Or they do digitally on, I don't know, YouTube, right? YouTube okay. rights. What I said is I want to be the closed circuit rights, which is airport, retail, hotel, in-flight, globally, and this little window to the right of digital. So I can't afford their big prices, but I'm over here. And did that did that exist or was this just no there the was idea. something called non-theatrical which is the biggest confusing rights window i've ever read and all the film and television finance i did for over seven years every time i asked somebody nobody actually knew what it was <laughs> so i knew that there was an opportunity to create my window because nobody knew what the other one was so there, there's opportunity <laughs> in the hard and complex things that haven't been made easy to understand so I, my goal in life is whenever i start something is how can i simplify yeah what's out there or create something superior. Cause sometimes just simplifying makes everything easy, right? Like it's right. like, okay, when they knew a closed circuit right, it was very black and white. This is all it is. They were like, okay, cool. We'll put something in there, right? And um, fast forward to today. I mean, the reason why I bring that up is to me, you can't properly entertain our audience without having enough content. You know, sure. our audience wants information, wants, wants things, wants to be entertained. Um, and entertainment is, we focus on being truth and positivity. We don't do negative stuff. We don't do negative news. We don't, Love it. But we have to give you news and inf information. So right. just to give you an idea how scaled up we are at this point. On a monthly basis right now, we're bringing in 198 hours of content. Wow. 11,900 minutes every single month. And what's like the average length of a piece of content? So average length is about about seven minutes. Uh, and, uh, and you said 198 hours? 198 hours, 11,900 minutes of content on a monthly basis. Wow. This year will we'll surpass 2,300 plus, 2,300 hours of content will come into our, added to our library this year alone. That's incredible, right? And 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 so we've got we've got this plethora of content in this really easily digestible format. How does it fit into the, out of home ecosystem, if you will. Because and, uh, where we distributed it, where we decide to go first to get to that audience, right? right? So again, focusing on the audience, where is that audience? So I, I started researching, where can I find that audience in scale? Right. And the, the number one place to find it was airports. Makes so much sense. Right. And the reason I knew that is I tried to buy a company called LodgeNet. Uh, back in 2007, eight, I tried to buy this company, raise $600 million to buy it. And I, when I lost, they took my partner at the time to be their CRO. What I got was the data. And what I found <laughs> is that the average person um, who goes to an airport spends 30 days a year in a hotel. When I wow. did, I, I said, wait a minute, what? So when I saw that- Entire case, month. Yeah. So they spend, the average person who goes to a hotel spends 30 days a year in a hotel, a year. So an average of, you know, a couple, four, three to four trips, three days here, five days there. And when I looked at that, I said, whoa, if I can't own the hotel area, maybe I can flip it and go the other way and then get back to them. So 
we launched in the airports in January of 17 in three airports. Um, fast forward to today, we're in 90 airports in wow. the U.S., Canada. Uh, we have contracts to go to um, uh, U.K. We're in the U.K. with the Virgin Atlantic lounges. Um, but we're in, we have contracts for 140 locations in U.K., Australia, Ireland, Dubai, Singapore, Africa. We're working, you know, we're, we're going to globally expand our entire network. Um, we are, like I told you about the number of hours, but the focus has been now, how do we entertain that, 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 that audience in particular? And so we tag our content based on the different types. We program short form and moving quickly. Um, we have QR integrations. We we're really being creative. We just did a rebrand. So we rebranded our entire thing to soften up our brand a little bit more and make it more about the content. Before we had to stop you to let you know it was us. Now we're trying to make you know, recognize our content more. Um, so, you know, it's the out of home part of this is where we are. Right. Right. So we're in the airport. We're in a million hotel rooms. You know, we're, we're, we're connecting to that in flight. My problem sometimes, or I should say, I love the out of home world. I think that, the agencies and so forth make it a little bit more complicated, right? Um, yeah. Because they want to put you in a box. Um, if I was, you know, when I talk, when people ask me to speak, a lot of times they ask me to speak about TV everywhere. Cause I'm on 98% of my screens are 55 inch to 75 inch television screens. It's a big right? screen. And I'm in bars, restaurants, lounges, you know what I mean? I'm in all, in, clubs so when you when you're at it our whole goal is in a laid-back experience a lean-back experience yeah you know what i mean we're focusing on you entertaining you when you're in our locations giving another example we use mobile device data right to, to to find out where how many people come through what their habits are traffic patterns the average person is going through our, our airports even today 108 minutes is the total dwell time in the airport they're spending 58 minutes in front of Reach TV screens. We're using their mobile device with our pucks. We put up, we call it a puck. It's a media player behind every single screen. Mm -hmm. Two reasons we do that. Number one, I can push a button from my phone right now and program nationally by mm. DMA, mm. by airport, by terminal, by location, by screen. Come on. Right? So we have that flexibility because we invested. It was a lot more expensive to do it this way. I could have simply did a server and then sent that one feed and that would have been an easy way, but then it gave me no flexibility. Right. So, you know, I think the out of home world is once people understand it better and are able to calculate it better, I think it's the best way, best place to reach those people because of what I said in the beginning, I spent, we all spend 72% of our time outside of our home notwithstanding what we're in right now, sure. but you know, most <laughs> normal circumstances, <laughs> but that's, that's where you catch me. And you know what? Yeah. I'm traveling. I'm exploratory. Same. I'm in a hotel. I look at shit. I would never, you know, stuff I would never look at. Right. 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 It, it, it must be more interesting because it's not my house. So it's exactly kind of cool, right. <laughs> yeah. I've traveled a, you know, a handful of times over the last few months. And uh, I mean, I personally, I love the travel experience during this time because I like less crowds, a few people, uh, but it, but it, what a great opportunity to 
like you said, to be able to control the content that we're engaging these audiences with, we, we know where they are in the, in the physical, in the real world. And then you have control from anywhere in the world. It's something that, uh, you know, our boy Sam from one screen, one of the reasons I'm super excited to join the one screen team is, is to give media owners and advertisers control. How valuable has that component been? Agency partners, our brands, even our partners in the airports, like to help them promote stuff that they're doing. Right. Is what are you trying to accomplish? What do you want our what do you want our audience to know about your brand? Yeah. And how do we articulate that either integrated into content or what message you want to send, where you want to push that person? Um, I think what you know, with like Sam and, and one screen and others, I think there's a merger coming. Right, being an old tech guy, yeah, I love where we're going with it. Is or you've seen we, it happen before? Yeah, yeah, and and, I, and I'm a fan of like I think always going to need some kind of human touch, but I think one of the things is we don't know we automate our entire uh, programming process. Oh wow! And and the machine learning part of that is understanding what brands you're, you're what brand you're about to run. Versus what content you're about to run, mm. make, it, make sure that it's contextual. So I want to run something for Imperfect Foods, but I want to talk about a restaurant, right? So it, it, it's contextual, so somebody can see that, right? Okay. Versus running a dog, you know, running my sports thing and then Imperfect Foods. It, it could be, but it's even more on point to run where Hollywood eats than run my Imperfect Foods ad, right? Like sure. that contextual nature is always there. We're lucky because it would still work because we're in restaurants and bars anyway, right? So people are seeing that. Seeing food. Right? So, food. you know, it's <laughs> it's a natural fit. Um, but I think where we're going to go uh, over the next year, 12 months, I think I think as this out-of-home gets put into a better bucket and able to be bought easier, mm-hmm. I think that the focus – is going to be how do we make sure that people understand that we're a content network first? Yeah. Right. I mean, because they're used to just billboards and signs. Yeah. When I tell a, a, a agency or a company or anybody that we take in a, 198 hours of content, we add to our library every month, they all stop, open their mouth wide and go, I didn't realize you were like NBC. Yeah. That you were like a, a real network. I, I just thought you were some digital signage. And I'm like, no, 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 no. There's, I, I have no problem with digital signage, but we're a television network. We're entertaining people. We're running 44 minutes of content every hour. Our job is to make the travel experience cool and fun and, and a nice pace. And I think that is a change. You're going to see more and more opportunities to tell your story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm saying that your story, I'm saying to a brand, their story to our audience. And I think the bigger question is, is it, is it, is it simply a 15 second or 30 second? Is there, is there some more messaging? Is there some more creativity? The nice thing about being in the at-home space that we should take more advantage of is how do we connect that person's mobile device? How do we, how do we talk to that person and help them help them with an action? Right. How do we make that process easier? When I talked about earlier, the shopping experience, how do we make sure that that's connected? You know, a lot of people get mad about asking that question because they feel like it may be more work. At the end of the day, you want to you drive that attribution 
for that client so that they win and you win. Everybody wins when they get clear path to where the attribution is. That's one of the reasons I love Craig. Craig get a creative. He's very detailed on that part of the business. Um, he, he's like me. I'm an old school POS, like to look at the data and understand what's going on guy. And um, when I talk to Craig, we're always vibing about that part of the business because I think it's important too, right? As an advertiser myself, I want to know what I get back from that. So when we look at how do we, um, one, make our, our, our audience entertain and let, make them want to come back and sit in front of our screens. Two, how do we make our brands get better ROI? Three, how do we keep bringing on great content? And that's why we're so focused on that. We're a content-driven uh, network that focuses on the audience that we're, we're trying to entertain. And we'll worry about the brands that want to come on afterwards, but we got to focus on that. Otherwise, we won't have an audience, right? Um, and, and it's important for us to, to entertain them, right? And really be on it all the time. And it's funny. I think people forget when you're traveling, you want news. But you it, want it, truth and positivity. I don't need to see like- Just the facts. Just Yeah, yeah just I, I don't need to see three up. people shot in New York. No. I get that. Let somebody else tell you that. I want to tell you that- you know, the stock market's doing this, uh, you know, what movies are coming out, um, what things are, what, what new drugs are in the market, or, you know, give you some, inf- inform you, entertain you. Yeah. Um, but we have a moniker in our, our, our whole thing is truth and positivity, truth and positivity. And, you know, we'll tell you the truth, but we're just not going to have any, we don't do political, we don't give opinions on politics, we focus. And, and I think it's, the people are telling us how much they love it. Our partners are how much they love it. Um, our expansion companies coming to us to expand us, how much they love it. And, um, you know, even our recent partnership announced with Screen Vision, that was born on content, right? It was creating a new show we called um, Being a Film and TV Guy. I'm a fil- I'm a, I love films, right? I'm a, really a film buff. And... Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm one of those guys that's a nutcase that would look at the EPK and look at where they shot and why. <laughs> I like to look at the director's Very cool, that. very cool. And then when I talk to people about it, they're like, dude, I would love that too. And I'm like, let's create that. So we're creating a show called From the Set where we actually do um, why they shot, where they shot, and uh, tell you background on cool. the cities and where they're all shot. So Screen Vision happens to be one of the places we're going to distribute that. But we're also working on deals to sell that up to traditional television, as well as reach, as well as globally, um, because everybody loves that. I thought yeah. it was just me. <laughs> right? Like, like we, we all want to be the, the, the guy or gal at the party with the cool fact. Like, hey, did you know that this yeah. was shot here? And exactly. Reason, like, I, I, for years, yeah. I mean, I, I find that one or two uh, little facts, and those are my uh, my. There was some cool movies shot, guys. like, in Newark, New Jersey, that you would never know because – What is it? What was it? That it was all shot there. Um, because I did so much of the film and television finance, I knew about the tax credits, so you, I knew that people were shooting in Vancouver, Bacon, New York, and, <laughs> and the people were shooting <laughs> in New Orleans, and that was supposed to be like Miami. I'm like, well, let's talk about why you shot there, right? That's like, cool. You know what I mean? Like, just because you, you may have certain looks that give you that, and people would never know, right? It's, 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 to me, it's fascinating. It's, yeah. it's absolutely fascinating. People want to be educated and entertained. So... Uh, 
I've, I, this is an interesting conversation that um, has been coming up more and, and even on the show. How important or how great of an opportunity is being contextually relevant for a brand? And, and the point that I'm trying to articulate is that right now we buy things on impressions and we try to measure, you know, an action. But it sounds like to be contextually relevant with your ad that there's an exponential growth factor that we maybe haven't even considered fully. Yeah, I think if you think about it this way, go, go think about it a different way. I think about it this way. If I'm a brand, I want my brand next to content that says something about my brand, right? right. That, that, that rele- that's relevant to what my brand stands for. Right. Um, we did a deal with Belvedere a while back. Rodney Williams is a great friend. Um, but they were doing a series on creativity. And they had Janelle Monet, and she was doing these interview series that was on YouTube. Right. Cool. And she was talking to people about the creative process. I said, Well, what is that doing on YouTube? You know, you need it in our airports. I don't want just your ad, I want the content mm-hmm. and that. So mm-hmm. it makes sense. Right. So there's contextual content with the brand and now it's connective right and those are the type of things that we focus on we look at how do we bring both things together so that when i'm sitting there and i'm entertained by this creativity and i'm getting to understand that process i know what what this brand belvedere stands for you know one of the things that's cool about the belvedere partnership was i never knew what belvedere meant did you know it meant beautiful to see it's like it, it's like insane. Like I, we were like, what? Like we were literally going, what? <laughs> right, right, right. Why does no one know that? Nobody knew it. it and and Belvedere had become um, that brand that people knew, but just kind of forgot about. And we made it relevant to get, to bring that brand um, and to talk about it as something that was really cool and hip. So we we uh, we were able to drive sales. Sales increased uh, by 260%. Wow. In our, in our uh, 21 airports that we ran this brand, ran this campaign in with the content. Uh, and a side note, we have been drove another 18% into duty-free shops. Unbeknownst to us, because that was something that they called us and told us about, right? Because they did not announce. And I, I think, and we also increased our distribution by 400% because they weren't in certain places that once they saw this, they wanted them in there as well. Wow. Right. So um, our ongoing benefit is now they've expanded from three places in Chicago to eight and, you know, two places here to four. And so, you know, I, 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 I'd rather spend the time and roll up the sleeves and look at the brands um, and think about what, what they want to accomplish, what we want to say and what they want to say about their brand. Um, I think the bigger question that's come up for me a lot, and I get asked about this a lot, and people ask me to jump on other shows to talk about it, is programmatic. Yeah. And, and I think that I look at programmatic in two different ways. I think that a lot of, um, if you ask somebody, programmatic's going to do this and do that and do this, it's like the old school way of the internet. You know, it was always automated, everything automated, everything automated. The truth is, um, programmatic to me is just an automated way. it's not quite where that's going to be taking over your budgets. It's relationships directly. And you may, you may um, actually um, 
execute programmatically, but there's still a relationship first. Right. Um, I think that maybe in time that will move over more and more as we get fully integrated uh, platforms. Like I, I'm encouraged by uh, NBC's one platform. I'm encouraged by multiple companies merging together. I think Xander will be a good company mm. as they do the full integration. I see that Trade Desk has done the full integration. Not sure if that's driving, you know, this massive thing yet, but I think it will, will as people understand what they're buying. Yeah. Because reach is different than something else, right? And I think once we, they can see that TV is TV and this is this, you know, so they can make sure that they're buying apples to apples. It'll allow that programmatic to actually flow. Yeah. I think right now there's a lot of confusion on what is because we use the word out of home for everything that happens to be not <laughs> at your house. It's confusing as hell. Like sure. I don't even know what it, that billboard's out of home and, and reach TV's out of home. That doesn't make sense. Right. The sign I'm going to go put on the telephone pole later is also out of home. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute, hold on. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's like, <laughs> you just wouldn't do that. Right. No. Like, it, 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 like, but you send me a mailer at my house. You don't call that TV. Right. It's direct. Right? Like, it's like, wait a minute. I got that at my house. It got to be TV, right? Like, or maybe, no. maybe it's out of home because you got it out of your mailbox. <laughs> it, it's just, that's what I'm saying. It's like, there's so much confusion and, or just not clarity. And once they start to be able to tie in TV and TV, right? I mean, next to me is ESPN, mm-hmm. who's fighting to queue up all their things. Next to me, CNN and gay, right? On certain yeah. things, right? And, and, we're all TV, right? But now, it's, how do you tune that up and allow people to buy this TV everywhere? Yep. Right? Yeah. And, that, and that's, that's where I think when programmatic is able to, to figure that out, you know, and, and really tie that up together as one platform, then I think we'll get scale on the programmatic side. I, I like what one screen does because it takes um, – it takes the, the process out of somebody's hands and allows them to buy based on mobile and based on audience and based on the same right. way they buy YouTube. Same. Right. Way. And yeah. so they are, there's a, there's a preconceived, I buy YouTube this way. If you can do that for me, I can buy you that way. Right. right? It's kind of like I think this. That is, that is a, taking a one to many and breaking it down to one to one. And as we get closer and closer to that, I think the scale will come over here from the programmatic side. Yeah. Um, we are focused on, obviously, even we're focused on making sure the pipes are there. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? So they're there. And I'll we're kick ready. our you know, we Put me in, coach. We're ready. That's it, uh, right. But, yeah. We spent, you, we, we spent the money up front to build it this way because we knew so we're ready. You know, we can, we can do it. Let's go. Now it's a question of when will the actual dollar demand be there? Right. And, yep. and then when will people understand that we're video and television and we, you know, we movement, we can't just do a still sign. Right. Like, you know, so, you know, I still get stuff that comes to me as a, as a, as like a static thing. I'm like, dude, it's like, I a, can't go from running a show called where Hollywood eats to a static symbol. Like, <laughs> right. This is it's like out of my church's newsletter. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's just what's going on here. You know? And, and I, 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 I would say that, it's been, like the out of home world is getting more complex 
and a good yeah. thing. I mean, yeah. more sophisticated, more creative, uh, more tied into mobile, more tied into data, more tied into everything. I think that's a great thing. Like, I, I'm excited about that. Totally. You know, I, I, I think the passing through of, of uh, what content is playing, you know what I mean? So people understand how contextual they can be, uh, being able to reverse that. Hey, I want to run this this time. What content are you playing? What you guys are solving? That's to me. That's humongous. I look at it this way: There's ten people sitting there, and I want to have customized content for each one. I could do so, right? I could sure. create a, a a customized playlist based on the people sitting in that bar, that lounge, that what have you, based on those those mobile device IDs, mobile devices. And the, in the in the description around them, I could recustomize my own playlist. Our entire playlist <laughs> we've already turned into an automated system, okay. and now because we've automated it, we now have the ability to cre- to drop AI into it. Mm. It's like Amazon, right? Like your Amazon looks different than mine, right? But Amazon knows, hey, we need to. Re- you would never go into Bar- Barnes and Noble; wouldn't reorganize the store each time one of us walked in, but Amazon does. And it's, that sounds like what reach TV. That's, that's our goal. Do. I mean, incredible. Amazon has been a big inspiration to us. And then, then you're talking about the future. The future to me is shoppable. I want to, I, I, you know, when I first launched reach, I was uh, going to call it sky mall TV. I, <laughs> I, went out, I went out and did a deal with the guys that own sky mall, tried to do a deal with them and somebody else bid ridiculous higher than me, but um, the reason I did it was back to the original part of this this meet, this, uh, in, this interview was content drives commerce. And I was a person that flew all the time. I bought the coffee table with the fish tank. <laughs> I bought the damn golf things. I bought the, the uh, backyard patio stuff. <laughs> Gate, I think it was called. I bought all that stuff, right? So, like, I knew that, like, where'd I go? I, I, I want that back. So, you know, the, uh, I think there's opportunity in our investor, you know, we, we were self-funded, self-funded all the way up until last year. Our partnership was a company called Inc, I-N-K, um, 25-year-old um, um, in-flight entertainment, uh, magazine, production, editing, advertising firm. Wow. Um, look at the partnership, in-flight, in-airport. Makes sense. Perfect partnership. And so we, we all talked we got, I mean, 24 hours, we were like, yo, let's partner up together because we both did the same philosophy. How do we drive commerce now? Right. And, you know, one of the brands that, you know, when I look at them, I look at um, Untuck It. I remember seeing yeah, it, the shirts, Untuck yeah. it in every magazine. I'm like, no wonder this guy's killing it. Like all the guys that fly are their customers, right? Totally. Like, right, was, right. Because I sit down, I don't want my shirts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, there couldn't be a more perfect brand in, in a, in a, Airline magazine didn't untuck it, right? Like it was, it was like, okay, now I get it, right? Like I even get it more now. So when I look around, I, I see, um, I see endless possibilities, opportunities. I think that the out of home world is, is going to be needs to be looked at just like every other part of it. I think we're just as important as the television world. I think we're starting to get more and more where we're considered uh, premium digital, which I'm okay with that because it's. It's getting closer to a, it allows for extensions, right? So I can now run the same um, partner in 
on television, on digital, and this premium digital platform everywhere else. And because at the end of the day, they're not only buying against the content contextually, but they're also going toward that audience. And I'll put our audience against anybody's audience. Because our audience is, you know, in my opinion, we have the most sought out their audience. You know, and sometimes I say inside of our internal meetings, if they don't want to buy our audience, they don't, they shouldn't be an advertiser, right? <laughs> that's just, that's just the honest truth. Yeah. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I can't think of any part that wouldn't want it. You know, I was laughing. I was with the guy from Lowe's and I said to him, I said, do you understand that our audience is the number one indexing people with second homes? Uh and what do you do with a second home? Second homes. And then everybody's doing backyards this, extra rooms this, redoing that. It's DYI is probably one of the most booming industries around. And, you know, we have lumber liquidators and, you know, all these companies are now understanding this is where you get that person. Right. Uh, to, to grab them. Right. So a lot of those brands are coming to us to create new shows. We did a show last year called Work in the Room with Sotheby's home. Just like integrated into the show, you could shop Sotheby's homes, little things there, drove a ton of traffic to Sotheby's home. I never even knew Sotheby's had a home department, right? Wow. (laughs) So like those are things that I think it's exciting that our network was launching at. We did that in partnership with A&E. So not only did we do it with them, we also did it with, you know, what you people call traditional television, because they saw how great the partnership would be backwards and forward because of our audience. At the end of the day, you want this audience and you're, you're going after an audience with that content and with those brands and, you know, combined with A&E's, um, they had called, called homemade block. They do on Wednesday nights and Saturday mornings, targeting that audience, hoping to draw that audience in. Yeah. And then we were the push to that audience because they're already here. You had the direct plug. So you draw it in one way, you push it to any other way. So it's, it's interesting. I, I find I'm excited about what one screen's doing. I'm excited about the industry at whole. I'm excited about the fact that things are merging. So there's going to be no more silos. Yeah. Um, and I think, uh, you know, guys like Craig at Accretive is working down ways to, to do combined buys across everything from a connected TV to a, uh, in home to digital to uh, it doesn't matter. He's Craig so can put smart. it together in one package. Absolutely, <laughs> <laughs> that's a, I right. We just we just talked about a Creative Connect the other day, and he's like, "I got another package coming." I'm like, "Let's go!" Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's gonna help. He's gonna help um, transition people. Yeah, he's the guy that that transition you need to help bridge that gap. He's building the bridges, absolutely, and he's walking. He's walking folks right over, and that's great for the entire industry. Yeah, and and, and I would I'm gonna employ. I'm gonna ask you a favor, please. Um, I've already talked to Mark Kidd, Andy Cerebus, uh, a bunch of guys in this world. Sean McCaffrey. Yep. Talked to Craig. Um, we were talking about doing something called the Outfronts. Right. Instead of allow, because allow us to get in front of these people and talk about what we are. Right. Because sure. maybe that's, a, that's the other part. Right. Yeah. Some people don't know that I'm bringing in um, 198 hours of content added to our library on a monthly basis. Or not even understanding how do I use that. Right. It, it, to, 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 for my brand, for my advertiser. Correct. It just, you know, I think it's time that we present it to them the right way. We're, we're not doing 
you know, don't when people knock television, I said television's doing a great job. They're focusing on what they're doing for that for their their advertisers. We got to do the same thing for our advertisers. Tell them why we're doing it. Tell them how we can help them along the way, and not just, you know, I, I think there's a, a story to be told there, right? And we're not telling it. For sure. And that's kind of what I would like to. And I, and I don't feel I'm in competition with anybody in this world. I think we're all complimentary to each other. Couldn't agree more. Uh, I get along with every single person. You heard me just say all those names and CNN airport. I talk to them all the time. I, I have, we're different. You know, they're a news organization. Um, they do what they do. We're an entertainment network. You know, we do what we do. We're short form entertainment network. They're what they are. I, I don't, I know my lane. So I'm very comfortable in our lane. I think there's, there's an opportunity for all of us to collaborate together, just like television collaborates together and they do it all together. And everybody kind of has the same verbiage. We just got to get to that. For sure. For sure. Couldn't agree more. Let's talk about more offline. Would he give everybody a movie recommendation for this coming Ooh. weekend? You know, one of the most underrated, okay, I'll give you two movie recommendations. One of my favorite movies. And I think that, um, um, it's probably relevant now for people's brain was collateral beauty with Will Smith. Okay. I, I think, I think that it was underrated for him. Um, um, I'm just a big fan. Uh, collateral of, beauty. His acting range is he's, he always talked everybody talked about the blockbusters. They don't talk about the things that he does. That's takes a little bit more of his talent. Yeah. That was a star cast though. Ed, Ed Norton, um, uh, I think it was like Kate Hudson. I think what's her name? What's her name? There, was some other, there was a bunch of good people in there. Michael Pena. It was a good cast. Don't get me Sounds wrong. Sounds like it. Um, but it's a beautiful movie. Just a really thoughtful movie. Look at it. Where should people go to find you, connect with you, learn more about Reach TV and, and what it is that you guys do? Uh, ReachTV.com. ReachTV.com. And, and you're pretty active on LinkedIn, yeah? Yeah, I'm on LinkedIn. You can add me on LinkedIn, Linwood Bibbins. Um, you know, I'm, I'm always active. I'm always open. I'm on a, um, I'm also part of a mentorship group, uh, with black and brilliant where we're focusing on helping, uh, mentor people from middle management. I'm just trying to mentor and help the next generation move along, uh, and open the doors up for opportunities. Very cool. Very cool. Well, we're excited for the opportunities ahead. If you found this helpful, please share it with somebody who could benefit. As always, make sure to smash that subscribe button down there in the corner, and we'll see you guys next time. All right. Thanks, man. For sure. Woody, stick around. All right.